Hello friends and fans of Turnbuckle Talk. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to take a moment just to let you know and forewarn you that this recording, there was a little bit of an issue. So the audio for this program this week is not at 100%. For that, I do apologize I always strive to bring you guys the very best in video and audio format that I possibly can, and I am so sorry that this one was not at the 100% and up to par as it should be. I do guarantee you that next week things will be back to normal, and things will be back to the quality standard that I look for and that I achieve. So thank you again for your dedication, for your commitment, and for your passion, and staying with me here at Turn Buckle Talk. My name is Carl Carafel, and this is Turn Buckle Talk, coming to you from deep within inside the Wrestle House. I'm so happy and thankful to have all of you here with me once again this week thank you for joining me as we go live on twitch.tv slash love wrestling ca every tuesday if you're catching this on the flip side whether it is on my youtube channel turnbuckle studios or whether it is on a podcatcher format in audio form i thank you very much for that This is going to be absolutely amazing this week. We have so much stuff to cover, and I have got a very special surprise, and I'm very glad that this is able to actually happen because I'm going to put this person on the spot, and they don't even know what we're going to be talking about right now. But I'm going to invite on here at the very beginning of this program somebody who you all know and love, Corporate Joe. Joe! How are you, my friend? It's so good to see you. I know that you're at work, and I know that you don't have a lot of time, but uh, give me a quick uh, quick little update. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Um, uh, hopefully, I sound okay, because for whatever reason, peeling back the curtain a little bit here, uh, I have a Pixel 6 phone, and I even have the Pixel 6 Buds, but when I come on the stream out here, the audio and the mic just doesn't seem to come through on the Pixel Buds, so I don't know what the deal is there. Google, I'm pointing my finger at you. Fix that. Uh, But other than that, I mean, I'm doing good, man. I've been busy and just happy to be here for a short time this week here on Turnbuckle Talk. Well, and I'm glad that you did because, I mean, you and I for many years have done this show, done this podcast, Turnbuckle Talk. And I guess essentially we've been a tag team when it comes to working the podcast world. Yep. So I want to talk a little bit tag team to start out with here last week you guys saw on the show or heard on the show i had uh, one man dynamic my good buddy dan on and we talked a little bit of tag team wrestling well we're going to start with tag teams again this week and this week it's actually talking about matt hardy okay so matt hardy came out and gave what his mount rushmore is but a little bit of a different twist on it because normally we see the Mount Rushmore that people talk about is always singles competitors, you know, whether it's Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Triple H, Kazuchiko, Kata, uh, you know, any of these names that people throw out there. 
Matt Hardy decided to give us his for tag teams. So I'm going to reveal that to everybody. He actually revealed it. And yes, I'm going to plug his show for him. And he doesn't even know I'm going to. But the extreme life of Matt Hardy is where this was heard. His top four. He has down the Road Warriors. Tully and Arn Anderson. The Dudleys. And then the bastard put himself over and said the Hardys. Okay, so that, that's his, Mount Rushmore, of tag team professional wrestling. Before I get into mine, because I know that Corporate Joe does not have a lot of time with us today, I'm putting you onto the spot, brother. I want to know what your Mount Rushmore of tag teams would be. I mean, for those who have watched Terminal Talk for over the years now, know that I've never been the biggest tag team wrestling guy. Um, but there are certain ones that, you know, I've resonated through the years. I mean, again, I will second Matt's opinion there with the Road Warriors. I mean, one of the, literally one of the most popular tag teams of all time, uh, where the phrase Warrior Pop came from, the Road Warrior Pop. Um, Road Warriors, I mean, um, they always got a reaction regardless of where they went. Um, wrestling and everything-wise, to throw out the window just the attention and the reaction that those guys got wherever they went definitely cements them as one of the greatest of all time. Um, I would say you know, the various versions of the Heart Foundation are, were really, really good uh, in all their different iterations. Um, the Hardy Boys definitely had to be mentioned. Um, for solely the, the, the impact that they had, especially um, during the Attitude Era and in a little bit afterwards, and then I'll, I'll give one that'll be very, very polarizing. But I mean, when it comes to to modern tag teams, I mean, say what you will about them. I mean, they're they're still going, and I, I think that the people actually tend to sleep on them. I, I'll get some heat for this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Young Bucks. Okay. I have to. I mean, I mean, they, they before the, their time in AEW. I mean, they were running through the independents and, and Ring of Honor stuff again, and they were they were drawing money regardless of where they went. And say what you will about them, um, you know, they were very very popular instrumental during that kind of revitalization of the Bullet Club uh, with the Elite and whatnot. I mean, T-shirt sales and all that went up through the roof. So I mean, again, say what you will about their style and their wrestling, but I mean, their influence, um, you can't deny. You definitely cannot at all. Those are amazing picks there from Mighty Joe or from Corporate Joe. Astrid, I love you. How are you? Astrid popping in here saying, hey, friends. Good to see you here. Thank you so much. If, for those of you who are just joining us, we're talking about Matt Hardy, who on his, his show, The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, gave his uh, top Mount Rushmore of tag teams. You just heard Corporate Joe's. Young Bucks, yes. <laughs> I'm going to give mine. I had to mention them. No, no, and 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 rightfully so, definitely. They're not included in mine, but mine is a little bit obscure for different reasons, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that. I definitely will. My last one is going to be something that uh, that I'm sure a lot of people have never heard of. And for those of you who are watching the video, okay, so I've got my screen over here, so I'm watching the chat and uh, uh, the screen over here. And over here on my second screen, I have got my, my notes for today. So I'm going to be looking between the two. Uh, but don't ever think that my focus isn't on you. Because
because it definitely is. All of you, my damn co-hosts, I love each and every one of you, so thank you. But my attention's going between the two of them just so that I can make sure everything is good here. My route, Mount Rushmore of tag teams. I'm going to start off with the Freebirds, the fabulous Freebirds. And with this one, the incarnation of Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy. Because the two of them really solidified things for that team, the fabulous Freebirds. Freebirds and if yeah. it wasn't for the Freebirds, there would be no Freebird rule. There would be like no trios champs, like different stuff like that, right? Because they decided to open that up. We have all of these other things. My next one after that would definitely be the Road Warriors as you know, Corporate Joe has mentioned, as well as Matt Hardy mentioned, 100%. Corporate Joe also included this, these next ones. Um, the Hart Foundation. Yes, I'm Canadian. Okay, I got to go with the Hart Foundation. I just have to. Uh, no matter who it was within the Hart Foundation, it was always an amazing tag team. Now, this last one is one that lots of people probably have never heard of before, but I'm including them on my Mount Rushmore, and I'll explain why. We are looking at the fabulous kangaroos. Okay. <laughs> Joe's looking all perplexed over there, like, who? Who? So, that, that's right. Lots of people don't know who these people are. But, okay, so I did, I did some digging, I did some research, and I did some watching. And with this... Okay, so tag team wrestling was really first recorded. The first recordings of tag team wrestling really happened back in 1901. It's a long time ago. But the fabulous kangaroos were the ones that really put tag team wrestling into mainstream, on the mark, into everywhere. So they started working matches back in 1957. Two people, Al Costello and Roy Heffernan, they embraced... They weren't, they weren't Australian, but they embraced an Australian gimmick wearing bush hats to the ring, bringing boomerangs down to the ring. And honestly, I think without them and the dedication that they had to the character and the gimmick that tag team wrestling may not have such a list like we see today when it comes to tag teams. Simply because we had the time from 1901 to 1957, 56 years, where, yes, there was tag teams, but nobody even knew or cared. And these guys really put it on the map with the fabulous kangaroos. So that's my Mount Rushmore. You heard Corporate Joe's and Mad Hardy's. I want to hear yours. So make sure that you are... Either if you're here live, leaving it uh, in the chat there for me, or check out my socials at TV Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or my personal at K Carafel on Twitter, and leave those for me. If you're watching this on the Turnbuckle Studios page, leave a comment down below of what your Mount Rushmore of tag teams would be. So I'm kind of happy that, Joe, that you are here for this next one as well, because I know that you are a fan of this promotion, and I as well am a fan of this and have been watching a little bit more. We're going to be talking 
New Japan Pro Wrestling. So New Japan Pro Wrestling was in Washington at the DC Entertainment and Sports Arena this past Saturday night for an event called Capital Collision. Capital of, you know, the United States going on a great collision. So now I do, I do want to say that while New Japan Pro Wrestling does put out a lot of different events, they are usually fantastically done events. And because they understand that there are so many events that they do do and put out there, it's a cheaper price. So if you check the fight app, you're going to get that three plus hour pay-per-view for $19.99 US. 20 bucks US is an amazing price considering you get a WWE pay-per-view for $65 and you're not even getting three hours worth of show. I digress. I'm going to run through this card here quick because this was just a fantastically stacked card. And there were a couple of key things that happened here that I am actually quite excited about. I'm going to start out. I'm not going to give times like I have before. Um, this, I'm just going to go through it here quickly. So Nick Camarado. Yes, that Nick Camarado that you have seen and heard about on AEW was in this, taking on Kevin Knight with Nick Camarado going over. To start out the show... <laughs> A fantastic matchup to start out the show, as they usually do, okay? We had Ren Narita with Carl Fredericks going over. Next after that, we had Fred Rosser, the DKC, David Finlay, and Tonga Leao. And, holy jumping, and <laughs> Yuya Yamura. Versus Tom Lawler, Danny Limelight, J.R. Kratos, Royce Isaacs, and Jarrell Nelson. I'm going I'm to say that again. Danny Limelight, because I said Limelight. We had Team Lawler essentially going over in this. Next matchup that I want to talk about, because this is something exciting for me anyways, we had Great O'Conn taking on my friend chase owens so during this matchup chase owens actually used his legs on the rope to get leverage for the pin so chase owens going over the live crowd was really into great ocon even though owens like myself somebody like myself has his fans uh this match was heavy on comedy, mostly due to Great O'Conn's polarizing style. But in DC, as it goes, they very much liked it. So, Joe, I don't know how much you've seen of Great O'Conn uh, and, and his work and his comedic style of professional wrestling. What do you think about that and about it getting over with the DC crowd? It's interesting because it's not typically what he employs. You know, he's a big, intimidating dude. And he very much wrestles in that style. So to, to see uh, or to find out that he's done a bit of a comedic match, I mean, <clears throat> it's obviously he's trying to um, diversify a little bit, which is good uh, because, I mean, in wrestling you kind of 
can get kind of pigeonholed in one direction. So um, it, it's cool to see him kind of experimenting with the comedy style. I mean, that's probably a result of some of the auto matches and him wanting to do stuff like that. Yeah. I would suspect that. I would too, definitely. Definitely. Any way you look at it, it was a great matchup, and I was very happy with it, and especially because my buddy Chase went over. Loved it. Chase has been doing some great things lately, um, winning the uh, IWGP Tag Team Championship as well, so it's been fantastic. So then next up we had uh, Jonah, Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, and Bad Dude Tito versus Jeff Cobb, Aaron Hennar, and Ozzy Open with the team uh, team Jonah going over. A good matchup. Now, I know what you're thinking, okay? How do these not turn into a cluster? You know what? Um, New Japan just seems to be so good when it comes to that that they don't really turn into a cluster F. They really don't. It's not like like uh, North American style uh, professional wrestling. They seem to do it very well, and I'm happy about <clears> that. So it was that's great. Next matchup we had was Minoru Suzuki, Murder Grandpa himself, taking on Brody King with Brody King going over. Now I know that you don't have a lot of time here left, Joe, but I, I, I want to talk to you a moment for uh, uh, this situation here where. Lately, it really seems like we've been having Minoru Suzuki going out there working these matches and losing these matches. Now, I understand, uh, you know, Minoru Suzuki has uh, has, has had a, a fantastic and amazing career uh, in the world of professional wrestling. Do you think that this is detrimental or do you think that this is an okay thing with, with Minoru Suzuki? I mean, I think it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean... His goal here clearly has been to come over to North America, and he's cherry-picked the, the the talents that he's wanted to work with. A very notable list, by the way, including Daniel Brian Danielson, sorry, you know Brody King and, and company here. Um, I mean, I mean, if I was a professional wrestler, uh, especially looking at Japanese wrestlers, I mean, to be put over by one of Japan's true legends. It must truly be an honor, and it says a lot for Minoru to be cool with doing that. He's done it quite often, uh, putting his opponents over. And um, yeah, persona and everything aside, I mean, you can tell that the guy clearly uh, knows what's the greater good for the business going forward. Uh, putting these guys over in that manner, I mean, that can only be positive, in my opinion. I, I fully agree with you on that. I think that it's fantastic that that's been happening and going on. So. Fantastic. Next matchup we had, we've only got three left, which, uh, I mean, it seems like a lot, but it really went by so quickly. We had uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Eddie Kingston. Ooh, that's a good matchup. (laughs) Right? It was fantastic. Ishii went over in this matchup. It was beautiful. It's cool because Eddie, you know, attributes the Japanese style a lot to the way that he learned it with wrestling. So to see him in a matchup with Ishii, um, that's one that I'm going to have to check because I have not seen that. Uh, that would be very much in my wheelhouse. Yeah, definitely. You have to check that out. Th- this yeah. entire card, to be honest with you, was absolutely fantastic from start to finish. It was it was gorgeous. After that, we had the Bullet Club, Jay White and Hikaleo, taking on Rocky Romero and Kazuchika Okada. <laughs> right? Right? For somebody who hasn't seen the show, you going, ooh, really tells 
just hearing those the, names. So on paper, this sounds fantastic. I mean, the the, the three, obviously the big names that stick out. Hikaleo is somebody that I think a lot of people sleep on, but he's somebody that will um, definitely make an impact. He's still young, too. I mean, Jay White, Okada, and Rocky. Rocky's another one, too, that people uh, sleep on. He's somebody who's multi uh, talented in the professional wrestling business can can work great in the ring, um, puts on a great character, works great with tag teams like uh, with Rapungi 3K, um, and he's very well known to be a very good booker behind the scenes as well. So I mean, he is he does commentary as well. He's a multi talented dude, and he is an asset wherever he goes. Oh yeah, and Okada is Okada. Can't say much more about Okada. So Looking Jay White like, and Leo actually went over in that matchup. Yep. So Bullet Club reigning supreme once again. So then we come to the final matchup of the night, the main event. It was the IWGP United States Championship. We had Hiroshi Tanahashi, the champion, versus John Moxley, versus Will Ospreay, versus Juice Robinson. And what's very interesting about this is that Juice Robinson uh, has recently made a heel turn in his career. And this seems to have breathed new life into Juice Robinson as he was victorious in this matchup and is the new IWGP United States Champion. Tanahashi uh, held the title really only for 14 days. And this is now Juice Robinson's second reign as United States champion. So, Joe, I know you only have a couple of minutes left here. Give me your thoughts on on just what you have heard from this card. It's, it's definitely some interesting stuff there. Some of New Japan's top talents uh, in the show. I mean, that's, that's another good thing. Um, has me even more excited for like Forbidden Door uh, show coming up. I'm really, really curious to see what they're going to do with that. Um, and just to have a couple other things before I piece out here too, too if you don't mind. Uh, no. Uh, just, just briefly on the uh, the Ric Flair thing, which I'm, I'm sure you're probably getting to at some point on the show. Um, just my brief take on that. I mean, he's Ric Flair. Uh, he's he's going to do what Ric Flair does. Um, for, for those worrying that it's going to be a shit show, pardon my French. Um, I mean, if he works with the right talents, they're going to take care of him, obviously. Um, so I'm optimistic that that'll be something that's okay. Um, but before I do head out, man, I just, just wanted to, to give a little sneak peek. Of something. This is something you and I have talked about behind the scenes a little bit, but coming up in mid-June-ish, I'm shooting for June 10th or 11th. For you Magic the Gathering fans out there, I'm working on something to have out for you uh, because there's – uh, a cool thing coming from them um, at that point in June, and I'm working on something, and I hope it comes to fruition, and I think you guys will like it, if, if that's your, your cup of tea. And all of that will be available on Turnbuckle Studios' YouTube page. So if you are, yes, we're adding in more things to the Turnbuckle Studios page on top of what we already have there, which I want to keep doing. I want to keep growing it and making it bigger and bigger. So if that is something that you are into, definitely make sure you're going over there on YouTube, subscribing, and ring that bell so that you're notified every time a video drops. So yep. 
Joe, thank you so much for coming on. I know you only had a few minutes, but it's always, always good to have you on, brother. No, thanks for having me, and uh, I'll be around again. Uh, just you know, hit me up when we got some cool stuff going on, and uh, if I can make it happen, I will make it happen. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Goodbye. So there you have it, Mighty Joe, Big Joe, Corporate Joe, whatever Joe you want to call him, love him or hate him. He was on the show once again, and it's always a pleasure. I love having him on here. It's absolutely fantastic. I do want to mention our friends over at RK Athletics. Joe, I'm sure you're seeing this. Astrid says, nice seeing you, Joe. I'm sure you're going to see that and be appreciative. We have friends over at RK Athletics. Our good friend Rich King over there uh, is amazing when it comes to personal training. Whether you're in the Edmonton, Alberta area or not, hit up RK Athletics. You can find them, RK Athletics 1 on Twitter. And I believe on all the socials, you're going to find them, RK Athletics 1, um, rkathletics.ca as well. It's, go and take a look at what they offer if you are looking for some personal training because it's not just in-person personal training that happens, but they can do things and work with you online as well. So make sure you're going and checking out our good friend Rich King over at RK Athletics. And we don't want to forget about all the men out there. You are so welcome, Joe. <laughs> Joe saying, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course, anytime that you are available to come on, the floor is yours. For all the men out there, and even the women out there who want their men to be in the most pristine condition that they can be uh, down there, you guys are going to want to check out support for Turnbuckle Talk as heard on Love Wrestling is brought to you by Manscaped. Who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world? Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code LOVEWRESTLING at manscaped.com. That's right, everybody. Manscaped.com. I don't just talk about them and promote them. I actually use their products myself. Some of the best products that I've ever used and uh, make me just feel so, so good. You want to feel good too? Make sure you're going to manscaped.com. Use that promo code Love Wrestling for that 20% off and free, yes, free worldwide shipping. That's unheard of nowadays. You can't get any better than that. My name is Carl Carafel. Thank you for coming back and joining me here on Turnbuckle Talk. We talked about some really good things in the first half of the program here, talking about Mount Rushmore's of tag team wrestling as well. We talked about that amazing 
pay-per-view that happened from New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was absolutely fantastic. If you have not seen it, go and check it out. Capital Collision. It was amazing. Now, we do have to move on to something that is a little bit more somber, I guess. Something that I want to make sure that is brought to light so that we can um, make sure that there is uh, good things coming from all of this. We want to make sure that we are doing our best to uh, send out our thoughts, our prayers, positive vibes into the universe for Hacksaw Jim Duggan. For those of you that may not know, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan last year had announced that he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. He did have a successful surgery to remove the cancerous prostate, and we all thought he was in the clear. Well, at 68 years old now, Jim Duggan actually offered an update via his socials, uh, his social medias in a video format that he is once again battling cancer. The video can still be seen online, but I'm going to give things to you just in brief. So he's sitting there with his lovely wife, Deborah, Deborah Duggan. And he goes on and says, I hope you enjoyed the pictures and videos of our travels. We've been having a great time, but reality is here. I'm afraid I've had some bad news. It seems like my cancer treatment is not over. Even after the removal of my prostate last October, tomorrow I'm having my second hormone shot, which has already happened. And Tuesday, being today, I'm being set up for radiation treatment, which will be eight weeks, five days a week. The doctors are very optimistic that they caught it early, but still it's a very terrifying time for me and my family. The doctor also said to go ahead and live life, which we're going to do. So I'm afraid I'm going I'm so I'm afraid I'm going to make most shows but some shows I'm not going to be able to. I'm going to have to postpone or cancel. And I'm sorry about that, but that's the way it's got to be. So on Instagram, he says, I'm going to be posting this whole ordeal as I go through it. Hopefully, it will bring someone out there, or it will help someone out there. Because I know a lot of men, a lot of families, are going to go through this. And I know it's going to help me. You folks have helped me through an awful, awful lot over the years, many times before. And sharing this with you is going to help uh, is going to help me get through this. So thank you. And please don't feel sorry for me. Be thankful that they caught it early. Thoughts and prayers are more than welcome. And remember, I'll get through this. Thank you very much, folks. So. Yeah, that's. Um, that's that. I mean, there's really not much more that we can say, um, but. We're offering up our, our thoughts and our prayers and uh, good vibes and everything for uh, for him as well. So I'm really hoping that uh, the things get cleared up and that things work out. So 
really not much more we can say. But I want each and every one of you, if you have him on your social medias, um, go and just offer him something. Just leave a comment, because I know he, he reads the majority of the comments. Uh, he has mentioned that before. And uh, just leave him something to maybe make his day. Leave him a little story. Leave him something that is going to allow him to feel better. That's about all I can say. So go ahead and do that. I'm going to give you all a few minutes to go ahead and do that, actually. Because we're going to hear from our friends over at Collar and Elbow Brand. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Wrestling, a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Welcome back to Turnbuckle Talk. My name is Carl Carafel. Thank you so much for joining us and coming back here this week. As you can see on the screen right now, this is the title for today's show. It says, Dude, you're 73. And that is what we're going to be talking about next year. We're going to be talking about... Rick Flair. Just as Corporate Joe had mentioned at uh, one point during his time on the show, we're going to be talking about that now. So, <laughs> Rick Flair, okay. So, as we, we've talked about this on previous shows as well, and uh, he had shown videos of himself training with Jay Lethal in what at the time we thought could just be a great way for him to be keeping in shape. Those thoughts were kind of half true, half true. Okay. It's been announced by Rick Flair himself that he will be returning to the ring for what is being called a final match. So as of right now, the um, opponent for this show is, is unknown. We have no clue who the opponent is going to be for the show right now. That's a total unknown to us, which, yeah, I figured it would be. It would be totally unknown to us until uh, things actually happen and, and just really come right out and uh, we find out what's what's going on. So at this point, it's totally unknown. We have no clue. And I'm sure we're going to find out soon enough. But this is what he says. The rumors are true. I'm going to walk that aisle, style and profile one last time. I will prove once again that to be the man, you've got to beat the man. Now we go to school. Woo! 
So the match itself is scheduled to take place during StarCast on July 31st at the Nashville Fairgrounds in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, if that date sounds familiar to you, that is because that's during SummerSlam weekend. That's when it's happening. So the match is being organized by Jim Crockett Productions. So now it was back in 2008 that we witnessed one of the most emotional matches of the entire 2000s when in his last match with the WWE, we saw Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania and the infamous I'm sorry, I love you match. Many believed that this was the end of the line for Ric Flair at that point. That was until a return happened and Ric Flair decided to join Impact Wrestling. Where his last appearance with Impact Wrestling came in September of 2011, losing to his longtime rival and an icon in his own rights. So now we fast forward. From 2011 to 2022, and again, Ric Flair is making headlines and shaking up the world of professional wrestling with, at this point, I'm going to say possibly his last match. Possibly his last match. You never say never in the world of professional wrestling, and Ric Flair is teaching us that once again. Joe said that he's vaguely optimistic about this, about Ric Flair getting back into the ring. He's not going to shit all over it right away. I think I'm going to a little bit. Dude, you're 73. You've proven time and time again that you are, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. Do you want to continue until you die? Is that what you're looking for? We had talked about Ric Flair in previous episodes about him maybe wanting to be that person that uh, breaks the record of being the oldest person to ever wrestle in a professional wrestling match. And maybe, maybe this is just the beginnings of it. But Ric Flair, I don't believe that you really need to do this. And I know I have seen from some other people as well in some of the... Uh, internal chats that we have here that are not happy with this either that are saying essentially the same thing that i'm saying so i don't i don't know astrid saying i understand they can be safe when wrestling but his well-being is at risk too especially after how he was last time you're right astrid 100 percent, and that's one thing that really that really 
um, worries me about this. Now I have seen some other videos that he has been doing with Jay Lethal working inside of that ring. And he's actually taken some good back bumps. He's taken some back body drops. Um, so he's, he's looking okay. He definitely is. But he has been out of this game for such a long time that I'm afraid that there's going to be something bad that happens. And I really hope that there's not. I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things that uh, you don't need to do. You don't need to prove to anybody. Because in everybody's mind, you are the man. You are. Now, if this is something that you have to do for yourself, I understand that as well. Even myself, somebody who was inside of that ring, I still get that itch once in a while. I would still love to be able to get inside that ring once again. But I also know that medically at this time, it would not be a good thing for me. So I leave it at that. Ric Flair, dude, you're 73. There is no need for you to have to go through and do all of this. No need for you to have to do this at all. You have proven time and time again that you are the man. That you have been the greatest professional wrestler of all time over and over again. And we thank you for doing that so much. If this is something that you feel you have to do, then I will support it and I will stand by it. But please make sure that you're careful. That's all I ask. We're going to end off the show today with two quick little videos that everybody has seen before. Yes, I know that everybody has seen them, but I want to make sure that we get them in here as well. The first one is going to be from our friends over at OVW. I want you guys definitely to go check out the OVWnetwork.com. And then this shirt that I am wearing is available at our new shop that is open. And I want you guys all to go and check out that new shop. There have been a couple of new items that have been added in there in the last few days. So I want you to go and check that out as well. And with that being said, on this road of life, take care of each other. Hi, my name is Barry Ratcliffe. You might recognize me from such films as The Longest Ride or Ted 2. Now, as a successful actor, I have two planes, a supermodel wife, countless exotic cars, and a ton of cash. You might think it couldn't get any better than this, but... You'd be wrong for only $4.99. You could get OVWWrestlingNetwork.com. That's OVWWrestlingNetwork.com for only $4.99. Now, will your life be as good as this? No. Will it be better? Yes, and I guarantee that. That's not valid anywhere. OVWWrestlingNetwork.com is only $4.99. Tomorrow's yesterday is today. Price is so low, they're insane. What was <laughs> angry about? Well, so do I!
buy at ovwrestlingnetwork.com. It's only $4.99 a month. In between excitement, me too! ovwrestlingnetwork.com is only $4.99 a month. You get that incredible value. She cost me $17 million and I loved it. Want a real value? ovwrestlingnetwork.com. It's only $4.99. That's a price so low. Well, it's insane. <laughs> the official Turnbuckle Studio shop is open. Official merchandise from all the favorite shows, plus merchandise you can only find here. Stuff from Turnbuckle Studios. Carl Carafel unboxes. The Boar's Nest with Bubba Duke. Miscellaneous products that you can only find here. Beats and Beatdowns. And Turnbuckle Talk. Find all this merchandise exclusively at carlcarafel.redbubble.com. Thank <laughs> you.